Greetings ladies and gentlemen, today I'm happy to say that we continue our brilliant biblical Bible book tour and without further ado we submerge and sink into Chronicles 2. So the sensational second half of this curious Chronicles story points God's people to him, his greatness, his grace and his glory. King David is dead, long live the king, his son Solomon is crowned, the people are crazy about him. So Solomon stands on a high place to submit, a thousand burnt offerings to God their lives they commit. The king sleeps soundly that following night, knowing that with God Almighty, the people's future sure does look bright. But suddenly, sleep is broken and Solomon awoken. God appears, it's no delusion, his holy words clear, there's no confusion. With the divine dream offer, he's put to the test. Will young Solomon choose wisely? It's anyone's guess. Riches and fame, food and houses too. Chariots of gold, people bowing to you. His enemies broken and all made sick. These are just some choices he could have picked. Yet there's no substitute for wisdom. Solomon selects this to see him through. And he clearly understands who God is to the many and the few. A God above all gods, which highest heaven couldn't contain. These words fall from a wise king's lips, as next he makes the plans for God's house plain. So the building begins on the threshing floor site, complicated measures, all important in Solomon's sight. From the lampstand and the laver, curtains of crimson colours too. Each furniture highly symbolic, spiritual truths there for me and you. After the temple's completed construction, next... Innocent animals are sacrificed in this holy production. Their blood fell like breadcrumbs. It's a serious spiritual sight to see. The devoted Levites lift the ark and follow the killing spree. All is quiet, all around, until the holy ark rests upon hallowed ground. Then the people start to celebrate. In harmony, they declare that God is great. So God answers them, true and sure. Entering the temple, he doesn't use any door. From the earthly king speaking to the heavenly king replying, and his answer arise in sacred fire, no other god any higher. So Solomon did good, his wisdom is all around, his many wives and many mistakes in Chronicles 2 are never found. Sadly, the same can't be said for his fickle and foolish son, whose harsh and heavy yoke really wasn't fun. So the kingdom was divided and very much split, all because of his sarcastic and scornful scorpion whip. Glittering golden calves next reappear, a bad king keeps bad company, he wouldn't heed nor hear. From one who won't to the next who will, a new king arise but it's all uphill. False idols and images had to be displaced. It seems that faithfully following God, has been erased. Repairing God's altar and removing his moonlighting mother, the young king looks to the Lord, seeking no other. Soon sad news for the so far faithful king, he's not being true, giving God his everything. What you sow, soon you shall reap, so the rage-filled ruler discovers deadly disease all in his feet. He wouldn't listen, but he sure did feel, his feet all rotten. His heart like steel. Before we know it, this disloyal king is dead, 
and his son Jehoshaphat now follows in his stead. He removed the false and followed the true, walked the straight and narrow path of the firm and faithful few. Yet the people pleaser in him caused him much woe. With Ahab he went to war when he should have said no. So the misled monarch is exposed in some robes and returns to a right royal roasting and rebuke, reminding him that his divine deliverance was not by chance nor fluke. God indeed did his bit when wicked Ahab was killed with a random arrow hit. What happened next, I hear you say? An evil queen, her grandson's slay. But soon it's checkmate for her, you see, taken and killed because of her heartless killing spree. Foolish advice and false gods follow. No one cares that their devotion is hollow. So the Spirit of God came down to speak, that the people wouldn't listen to his holy critique. Death to God, indifferent and cool, their lukewarm level becomes a whirlpool. Around and around in decline they go, forsaking God, to him saying no. At last, a good king tries his best to turn the tide and spare more distress. Seeking God in days of woe, cutting off death ears like it was Vincent van Gogh. But sadly, in his strength, his heart was lifted up. Leprosy is reward because his core was corrupt. So some did it well and some did it bad. In the chapters that follow, many warnings are to be had. They clung to dead forms and forgot who they pointed to, until King Hezekiah reminded them of the tried, tested and true. Yes, integrity, zeal and dignity, he was a real beauty. Hezekiah serving God, never off duty. Repairing and returning, it's a wonderful sight to see. Loving God with all the heart really is the key. Alas, faithful but not faultless, we asked the naive king, what did the envious envoy see? His foolish reply chills to the bone, why everything that belongeth to me. So Hezekiah sleeps, he's done his bit, his wavering son takes over and he's a right misfit. Through fire he made his children to pass, sadly the word of God he did happily bypass. He set up flashy false idols, images and altars too. Spoke to familiar spirits in all types of spooky voodoo. Witchcraft and wizards to him were a common thing. Enchantments and spells attracted this callous king. So society strayed and followed their unruly ruler. Except when he turned to follow God. To that, the people became cooler. With foes are many and allies few, the rebellious heart of a nation to God was totally untrue. Oh, how little the people wanted to be involved with the word of God, to them a puzzle unsolved. Their inner drive in a sorry state, no remedy found, too little, too late. As you would expect, all this had a negative effect. Temple burnt, treasures taken, Nebuchadnezzar victorious, bringing home the bacon. Leaving the land to enjoy its Sabbath rests. All until years later, King Cyrus is given a request. The Lord God of heaven to me has spoke. To build him a house in Jerusalem, I am now awoke. That's where we leave this curious chronicle story. Will God's people return to him and give him the glory? For that we'll have to wait and see. 
if our Bible book tour holds the answer for you and me. But until then, Chronicles 2 covers it all. The good, the bad and everything in between. From the throne and the temple, kingship and priesthood, to life and living, regrets and ramifications. The Bible tells us that by beholding, we are changed. And as we behold the message of Chronicles 2, we are changed by its insight and understanding of who God is, his greatness, his grace and his glory. In both encouragement and warning, Chronicles 2, sometimes dimly, sometimes directly, invites us to come closer to Christ, closer to the one who declares, him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. Closer to Jesus himself, who welcomes the worst of us with a message of comfort. Come unto me, all ye that labour, and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Life is about balance, and truly, there's no better way to keep your balance than to walk with Jesus. The question is, how is our walk with the God-man going? The answer? Well, I guess I'll leave that up to you.